for the all-time mark from 64. Matt Brader's kick is good! History is made! Hello and welcome to episode 141 of the And the King is Good podcast. My name's Tom, I'm your host, and I'm joined as usual by Colin. Say hello, Colin. Hello. Jesus, fight me for the fucking introduction, Colin, why don't you? Um, it is just yourself this week. Brad is unfortunately down with some sort of lurgy, symptom-heavy uh, cold in the middle of, uh, well, the end of May. So it's just you and I again to go over the litany of news we have um, this oh week. It's a it's a short news list, uh, largely because we recorded on Friday last week. So there's only really been the weekend news, of which there was a fairly big item um, that we will talk about. Uh, and then uh, I have a, a little a little teasy new segment um, that we'll probably have to record in two parts because I think I'm going to record a little uh, extra podcast addendum with Brad when he feels healthier just to pad out the episode. Um, but before we get into this week's news, uh, Colm, feel free to vamp for like 30 minutes. How's your week been? Oh, cranky, 30 minutes. How has my week been? Sorry, just read that best man speech you were reading me a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us there. Um, all right, so let's start on Friday, which is the first day after we last recorded. How was like Friday? Gosh, trying to take my emotions back. 72 hours is a challenge. Colin, I don't want to yeah, have to it's been all right. News drops, it's been all so right. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How has your week been? Yeah, uh, yeah good. Um, saw some family friends from New Zealand today. Ooh. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, also made my son cry a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, he tr- he <laughs> How tripped did you over do it? Three times in the in the space of about ninety seconds. Um, and uh, yeah, didn't enjoy that <laughs> at all. So, how, so did you trip him? How did you make him cry? No, I pushed him. Oh, okay, um, fine. No, I, I basically said that I wasn't going to give him, like, he wasn't going to sit on my shoulders, and then he fell over the third time, and, like, his entire length of his body clapped the ground at the same time. Ooh. It was like a proper thud, and I was like, okay, so on my shoulders it is then. <laughs> and then we sat down a little bit later. He sat on a rock, he scuffed up all his knees, so I, like, literally rubbed a bit of spit on it. Yeah. Um, and he was just like, he just exploded. He was like, Dad, hurt my knee and I was like oh dear your so, impression of your son sounds like Andy Serkis doing uh, Hobbits in the Lord of the Rings audiobook don't know if anyone has ever told you that extra extra read all about it <laughs> um, yes so with that we shall go into the news um, which, as we said, a, a light smattering of news this week, but really only one place to start, um, and that's that DeAndre Hopkins uh, has been released by the Cardinals. I did add it into last week's episode and take out all the talk that we did about DeAndre Hopkins trade. <laughs> um, as I'm sure you know, Colin, because you are an avid listener of the podcast I that we indeed. put out. Yeah, um, but he is free uh, to sign anywhere he would like. The I, I guess what's worth noting is the Cardinals didn't do it in a few days which would have been post June 1st and would have spread his dead money over two years they're taking a full 22 and a bit million dollar hit this year saving about 7 mil on the cap um, and, and he is now free so the Bills and the Chiefs are the two teams that are being heavily linked with him uh, but Colin your thoughts it's I mean we, we were talking about him last year and what has he got left in the tank pushing 32 as he is I I think he's a fantastic, you know, Hall of Fame candidate, and he probably has a year or two left, I think, as a wide receiver too, but I think he's probably approaching that cliff. 
I, you know, if, if a team wants to add him for a couple mil, you know, a ring, so he can go for a ring chase, great, go ahead and do it. But I think a lot of the hype we're seeing around him is he's still a wide receiver one. I just don't think he's quite there anymore. Yeah, the um, the news today has come out in Dribs and Drabs that uh, the market is quite tepid for him, um, mm. which I think fits with the stuff that we talked about last week in terms of the stumbling block looked like it was the contract that he was on and the prospect of him you know, wanting perhaps another year added on and, and how manoeuvrable that would all be versus the salary cap. Um, so we will mm. see. Um, that, that's the easiest way to put this. I... I I'm kind of at a loss as to whether I don't have a strong opinion as to will this be done by the next time we record? Will this not be done till the start of August? I, I genuinely I don't have a feeling either way. I think it mm. could go both ways. What I don't think this is, I don't think this is wait for a serious wide receiver injury and then Hopkins signs there. No, you know it, 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 he is going to a team that is going to compete, um, or at least he perceives is going to compete, and. Um, and, and that's kind of all it is to it. It's then just about trying to fit him in the cap, which is difficult for both the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah, he's definitely, you, you know, <laughs> damning with faint praise, he is certainly talented enough to make a 53-man roster for all 32 <laughs> teams. So, I, you know, I, I have no qualms about him, you know, being good enough for a team. It, um, so he's not, you know, waiting for that spot to jump into. It's just a question of, how much does he want to do a training camp? We see a lot of veteran players these days say, I'm good, I'll, I'll sit out training most of the training camp and join the last week or two of preseason. Is he going to be what like that? Or is he keen to kind of get a head start? You know, he's going for a ring chase. Does that mean he needs to study the playbook a little more? Does he need that extra time to kind of bond with a QB, etc., etc.? Um, so I would, I, in my head, he's probably going to take a couple of weeks off and then sign a good team. Yeah, that's probably about right. Shall we move on to another news item? Go on then. So this is uh, the exciting news, according to Florio, uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo has had foot surgery. Uh, It was discovered that he had a a lingering foot injury uh, back when he had his physical with the Raiders, back in March. They have sus- subsequently added language to his contract, which means that his contracts uh, may void, uh, including all the guarantees, if he is unable to pass a physical by week one. Um, this sounds like exciting news for Tom, but also isn't really <laughs> news. Um, you go ahead and talk about this. Yeah, I mean, this makes sense from a Raider standpoint in terms of um, protecting themselves with a quarterback who has traditionally suffered and, and struggled with injuries. Um, he, he definitely has that kind of injury-prone tag on himself, especially for a quarterback that doesn't run a ton. Um, I I have a question that I don't think you can answer, Gone, which is, it says must pass, or on spot track, it says must pass a physical prior to week one or all guarantees will void. So I don't think <laughs> the entire contract does, but I think all the guarantees do. However... Does he just need to pass one physical before week one? So, for example, could it be like end of June, he takes a physical and then it all locks in? Or does it literally need to be between the the final uh, preseason week and week one? He needs to do one then and then it it all 
continues as is. And, and that, I think, actually is quite an interesting part of this. Mm. Because if it's the second one, he is not going to play a snap in preseason. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe it's he just needs to pass a physical. Okay. Um, being singular rather than this one physical. This this um, one specific one in time, yeah. sure. Um, um, that's a lot com- less fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Jimmy Garoppolo, a guaranteed money watch. Yeah, I, you know, Florio made um, big song and dance about this. As, he certainly um, did. Yeah. As Jason over the cap pointed out, actually, this is, I mean, it's not common language, but it's also not unheard of language. There was something similar in Peyton Manning's contract when he first signed with the Broncos. He was coming off of a neck injury, and therefore, um, I believe they had language in there that said, they were happy to guarantee his first year's salary, but everything after that, you know, depended on being able to pass a physical, which he obviously did start that uh, first season post, you know, uh, with, with the Broncos. So that wasn't a problem. There are a couple other examples I think they highlighted where, um, you know, teams had signed contracts um, with a player or agreed terms with a player, Raiders in particular, where they then subsequently failed a person on a physical didn't sign them, they went somewhere else and played uh, a reasonably long and healthy career. Roger Stafford was the example that uh, Jason over the cap gave. So, song and dance about something which isn't really a story because it's the off-season. Um, shock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, nice, catchy. But, you know, we, we do have long-term you know health concerns about Jimmy Garoppolo, right? That's part of the reason why he's no longer in San Francisco is because he couldn't stay healthy. He was on a good stretch with the 49ers last season before he had this, you know, foot injury, which then prevented him from, re- you know, able to come back and help out in a championship game where he would have been very sorely needed. It seems like that's just a lingering issue. So it seems like he almost has like a recovery issue because a lot of these injuries seem to linger longer than you would expect them to. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to try and chime in on Jimmy Garoppolo and health issues to a 49ers <laughs> fan. That feels like, um, yeah, that feels very difficult for me to get any more information in the, than you have got. So we'll move on to the next one. And uh, that's that punter Matt Arazia won't face charges um, for an alleged, I want to say sexual assault. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was uh, that, upgraded from that. I, 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 like, I don't want to talk in legalese. So yeah, yeah. some an off-the-field event. Um, that saw him cut from the Bills last offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, he is now trying out with the Jets. Um, obviously, sensitive topic. Um, from a legal standpoint, he's done nothing wrong um, and therefore should be okay to continue to pursue his profession. Um, from a footballing standpoint, and I want to stress, only looking at it from a, a cold hard footballing standpoint um, probably a very good position to have this problem because if you are as good as as he was considered a fourth round draft pick last year uh, something you know nicknamed, seven, nicknamed yeah. the punt god right yeah um, there will be a team that cuts their punter by week four mm-hmm. like he, he if, if if he is clear and, and, and clean and, and teams do their research and are happy with what it is and are happy with the probable PR repercussions which we've seen the Browns there are teams out there um, then he'll, he'll he'll have a team by the end of the season quite possibly this was I mean there were a lot of teams that had off the field concerns it sounds like 
before the draft, and that's why he fell a little bit further than people expected. Bills were happy to sign him off and therefore draft him. Then the allegations came out, so that's why they cut him. Whether this thing being cleared up satisfies those other teams, and therefore you know they're going to be happy to uh, you know reconsider him. That that's kind of an open question. Seems like the Jets at least are very comfortable having him in and you know having a look at him as a, a punter. But it was a very, it was just a very ugly affair, which led to him being cut. And good or bad, like those things, that kind of PR thing is hard to shift. Yep. And I don't have any more to say on it. No, no, exactly, exactly. Um, Next item is the teams are refusing to email self-represented players uh, because those emails are being answered by non-certified agents. Uh, This was generally in relation to Hopkins, I believe. Um, But obviously we have seen Lamar Jackson self-represent and a couple of other high-profile players in the last few years. Yeah, I think this is an NFLPA kind of rule which says... You, you know, you can either represent yourself or you can have a certified agent and we will give you a list of certified agents who can negotiate on your behalf. Don't trust, you know, some guy you met, you know, in a in a Target store who said, oh, yeah, no, I can make, I can get you a better deal, etc., etc. Some players are still just interested in doing that, whether that's because they offer a lower percentage or it's a family member they trust who they, they're pretty sure won't screw them over. That yeah, that's why they're doing that. Teams are now insisting that if you want to negotiate directly, you must. We must do it face to face. Like you can't, we can't do it via email. And that's where this line has come in. It seems like players were just like, uh, oh, Lamar Jackson being like, oh yeah, no, my uh, my preferred email address is uh, David um, <laughs> David Johnson yeah. at uh, AOL dot <laughs> com. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know why I chose that name. I just did trust him. Like, yeah. um, so teams are getting wise to that, and they're now forcing players to come in direct to do the negotiations. Yep, yeah, uh, there's, there's, you know, this is just off-season puff piece. There's there's nothing really. <laughs> you know, you might see something about it in terms of, um, you know, something going forward from the NFLPA at the end of this off-season whereby players can't self-represent or they have to use a third party that has to like screen the email first or, or whatever but like <laughs> in terms of actual impactfulness for people watching the NFL very very little mm-hmm. um, next thing's item that you didn't include Colin, so I can only assume that you haven't seen any of this I'm excited to hear what it is it's, uh, Le'Veon Bell said stuff Oh, okay. Yes, I did see this, and I didn't consider it interesting enough for this. You didn't half you didn't halfway that, point of the off-season podcast. You didn't think that Le'Veon Bell t- admitting to smoking weed before Steelers games was was interesting enough to talk about? Uh, well, I mean, he said a couple of things. He said that, and he also said, "I regret not taking the the deal with the Steelers." Yeah, which we all knew. He literally left yeah. like eighteen million dollars on the table, but. I, I spoke about that a lot when it happened, even before the podcast. I feel like I've spoken about it a lot since the podcast. So um, we, we don't need to talk about it. I think it's more just that um, that isn't necessarily surprising. I also don't necessarily believe him. Um, and I think it's interesting to obviously think back to the fact that him and LeGarrette Blount both got found 
you know, in a car by the police um, <laughs> and got done for smoking weed at that moment. Um, the, the, the kind of addition to this story is that Bell has said he wants to retire a stealer and want, wants a couple of carries in the preseason to show what he can do. Um, mm. That ain't happening. <laughs> why, why would the Steelers do that? Um, you know, especially especially as Mike Tomlin is still there. Like, do you guys, do you guys sell out preseason games? <laughs> do, you, like, do, you, do you think Mike Tomlin like? I, I, do you think Mike Tomlin holds a grudge? Probably not. Do you think he looks back at that and goes, "You were you really fucked us there?" <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Look, you know, you know, I'm a huge fan of the idea of like you have to like play for your retirement. Like, if you want to be like Ring of Honor. You have to show up for that team one more time just to prove you can do it. Uh, so go ahead, Le'Veon Bell. Like if you if you want to retire a Steeler, you must score a touchdown in, <laughs> in week pre-season two preseason game. game against I don't know the Lions, whoever you're playing. Like that um, is the standard. <laughs> I just I just like the. I think it says a lot about Le'Veon Bell, who you know that, that he's he's kind of sitting there and he's like. Yeah, okay, like there are these guys trying to make an NFL roster and there are these guys trying to make it. But I really want like five more carries just to show everyone that I've still got it. It's like, <laughs> fuck off. Nobody wants to give you a job. Go away. You, you turned down a bunch of money. You made a bunch of money. Like, you, you know that you fucked up. Your agent didn't do you well. Like, go and be a fucking second rate boxer. All right? Because that's all, you, that's all you're trying to do now. You're just trying to make a name for yourself. Has he given um, up rapping? <laughs> I don't think he ever started rapping. Oh, okay. he, he mumbled into a microphone over a beat, but I, I, you know, he was he was he was only slightly more of a rapper than we are um, than he is a boxer, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, and that's that's the news. Kenny Peckett also got his fucking car stolen with his playbook in it, but I mean, <laughs> it's Matt Canada's offensive playbook, and the car then turned up like literally two hours later. So I can only assume that they looked at the playbook and went, "Oh," and they've just fucking went, "Fucking yeah. shit, I don't want it." Um, so hang on, this, this guy <laughs> Kenny Peckett also made a little bit of news by saying, "I, I was snubbed by, for the Pro Bowl last year. I want to make the Pro Bowl this year." That was George uh, Pickens that said that. Oh my bad. Sorry, I could, everyone that wears black and gold looks the same to me. Um, <laughs> although, although in fairness, Kenny Pickett would have an argument because the Baltimore Ravens, Tyler Huntley made the, <laughs> made the Pro Bowl. So if anybody from the Steelers should feel aggrieved that he didn't make it, even with his poor box stats, I still think Pickett should have gone over Tyler Huntley. <laughs> you know, if he converted to tight end, he'd probably make it over like Evan Ingram. So... <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, and uh, that's the end of the news as, as I have it written down, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us into uh, the kind of final portion of, of our chat tonight column, um, which is a new a new sort of game, a new roundup, where I take one news item of the week and somehow shoehorn that into a question for you and Brad. You and Brad both come up with separate answers um, and I will decide, I will play judge, jury, and executioner, and uh, and tell you which of you gave the best answer. We'll keep a tally over the off season, and uh, whoever wins by week one gets to call the other a dickhead or something. I, I haven't thought of a prize, but um, the question this week, Colm, with Le'Veon Bell admitting he'd get high before Steelers get uh, before games with the Steelers, 
um, before a long and lengthy divorce with the team, give me the best performance you can remember that made you think he has got to be on something. And I left it as open-ended as that. It could be a bad performance. It could be a great performance. But just give me a performance. I didn't even specify NFL-related, to be honest. Yeah, no. So you could have gone You could have gone Elton John or like fucking anything. <laughs> Bring up my favourite basketball player, Jar Morant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to take it back to week one of 2018. If you can remember back that far, Tom. I, I, I can. I was watching Limitless, and then I remember that the NFL was on. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Sunday Night Football was Bears-Packers. Uh, uh, I believe the score is 17 nothing, And then um, Cleo Mack sacks Aaron Rodgers. Someone else lands on top of him. I can't remember who it was. Rodgers limps out of the game. Uh, comes back for the second half. And puts up 20, uh, 24 points to win 24-23. Remarkable performance. They interviewed him after the game, and he was glassy-eyed <laughs> as hell. And he said, what happened to you? And he said, I hurt my knee. <laughs> he was clearly dosed the fuck up on painkillers during that performance. And it was spectacular. He put up <laughs> he put up one of his best performances ever over, the, over two quarters that second half with a banged-up knee. And the reason he was able to do it was because he was so so clearly <laughs> so on high on something. Um, yeah, yeah. Twenty-one yeah. points in the fourth quarter, by the way. Like he scored three touchdowns in that fourth quarter. I like it. I like it. You have you have put in just the right amount of effort on that. Um, that's that's like the right level of what I want going forward. Like a little bit of research uh, with a, a bit of humor behind it. So um, now um, I I will leave you, column and I will throw forward to Brad, who will give Ooh. us his answer. And then Brad and I will tackle any news that has come out uh, in the subsequent days between recording now and uh, and recording then. So I'll just leave it to you, Colin, to say your words. Yeah, sure. Can you just tell Brad I love him? Uh, yes, listeners, welcome back. For you, it has been but mere moments. Uh, but for me, it has been about five days. Um, Brad, you join me now. Say hello, Brad. Hello, Brad. Um, uh, there has been pretty much naffle news for us to talk about this week, so we'll ignore that and talk about it um, the next time we speak. Um, but instead, the audience have already heard the question that I posed to Colm. Um, I will repeat the question um, for, for the audience's privilege and also to lead into your answer. Um, and then, Brad, feel free to fire away. So with Le'Veon Bell admitting he'd get high before games with the Steelers, uh, before a long and lengthy divorce with the team, give me the best performance you can remember that made you think he has got to be on something. So it was the 2021 Tour de France and Pelé Pogaccia <laughs> was just lighting people up in the mountain stages. And all I could say to my friend who was watching along was he is definitely on the gas, which in cycling is a safe bet anyway. Um, but it's definitely the one where I was just like, yeah, this guy is two, three minutes ahead of anyone. Anyone who tries to go with him on the mountains, he's just absolutely uh, blazing a trail behind him. He's winning I think he won the tour. Usually you need like one, maybe two good mountain stages to win the tour. And he had about six days where he just won the tour. Six <laughs> days in a row. Um, that was great. But I don't think that's what you meant when you initially asked I'm No, no, I'm fine. Like it, the, the whole point was to kind of leave the question as ambiguous as possible so that you could take <laughs> it wherever you did. And because you didn't do the NFL, 
I'm going to award you the point this week. Um, but that's not going to be a standard going forwards. I just, I'm glad to see you went outside the box. Um, as the listeners know, Colum went with the 20 something, like maybe 2018, divisional matchup for Aaron Rodgers, where he suffered a pretty horrendous, like, knee injury, just went into half time and then came out and put up like 21 fourth quarter points to come back and win like 27 ah, yeah, 23 yeah, or yeah. something, and did a post match conference where he was absolutely fucked. Um, <laughs> so you, you kind of took it in different ways and yet ended up at the same kind of end which is exactly what i want from this i just want to see where your brains go and what hilarious moments from the past or possibly completely farcical situations we can come up with Um, (laughs) if you want uh, i did prepare several nfl versions because there are a few that come to mind (laughs) okay if you if you want to blitz through them then, um, uh, then go for the Jam- it. Like the Jamal Charles, like six touchdown game. Like that was just <laughs> insane. Two hundred, yep. like whatever, how many yards it was. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers punt returner in that game versus the Giants, where he just Kyle nothing Kyle shit. Williams, I believe, is who it was. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, and probably like the most categorically true, unfortunately. Uh, for this question, uh, the Josh Gordon three touchdown, yeah, two eighty yeah. yard, two hundred and eighty yard like game, like that is one where it's like, damn, that boy's on something. And unfortunately, the reality is he probably was on something. Yeah. Um, and, and a final one. Uh, no, no, I think that, yeah, I think that's all. I think just Adrian Peterson uh, a few times as well has just been like, cool, yeah, <laughs> how's that man? Oh yeah, Adrian Peterson. Was it? The, did he have the MVP season after yeah. his injury? Uh, and his last game was like 240 yards or something ridiculous. And he, and I think he ended like 13 yards short of the all-time record or something absolutely bonkers. Yeah, that just that whole that whole season. I was like, yeah, this is dumb. Like, you cannot. Like, by all we know about modern <laughs> modern science, this does not happen. Uh, you know out of nowhere uh, yeah. so, I'm going to try not to do this every week but my answer would have been that Adam Gase press conference <laughs> because uh, I just say no more right anyway thank you very much for listening to this episode of the And The Kick Is Good podcast um, we'll, we'll see you again very very soon <laughs> bye <laughs>